This is Animation Nights New York, Animator Interviews. Thank you so much to Animation for Adults for letting us be a part of their channel. My name is Nina Bolton, and next up in our series is an interview with Chow Harmander. Chow is an animator and illustrator, as well as a recent graduate from the School of the Museum of Fine Arts at Tufts. We screened her film Chirps at our July Shorts program in 2016, and also featured her and her work during our Best of Fest event held last year. We sat down to talk at 180 Maiden Lane, where we were unfortunately joined by some surprise guests, which caused us some audio difficulties, so we apologize for that. But please enjoy anyway. When did you start uh, animating? When did you know you wanted to make animations? I, I was always interested in animation, but I made my first film and I started my school in Boston, and how old were you then? I was, I was 19, yeah, I was like a sophomore in school, and I was not so happy with that film actually, but then trips I made when I was doing my exchange semester in province, and it is a very different film because I, I think I was like very free and experimental in that film. Yeah. And in the other films, I was more uh, results motivated. Yeah, because like when I when I was watching it, I was wondering like how how does the filmmaking process work? How do you visualize it? Like where do you start? Or even for any of your, your films, like where do you start? Yeah, usually, I mean, Tropes was the first film that I made, and it felt very right. Like I felt very good about it, and. I followed a very different production technique than I usually do, or like I did afterwards or before. Um, for chirps, every week I did one flipbook. I made a flipbook with like pastels and like all these colors and drawings. And then in the end of four months, which was the duration of the class that I was making this film for, I just put everything together and I made a out of those, so I cropped a lot of stuff out, and then I added this poem in, so then like it all makes sense, and they're like all binded together. So it's almost like a collage. Like yeah, it was like a pieces you already made. And, and yeah, made yeah, which is what animation is because it's yeah. just like a bunch of stuff <laughs> put yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> but usually it's like much more, you know, continuous. And for trips, I. I wasn't so concerned about that because I was like trusting in the viewer and like that they can see and understand even though it's not like very linear. Right. Yeah. It's more abstract. Yeah. Um, so did you you started off primarily like doing illustration and drawing before you drawing before you switched over to doing filmmaking? Yeah, I I have a background in drawing. I was always the doodler. Like in class, I yeah before like before starting animating, I was drawing, and during animation I stick with drawing, even though they're like you know all these different techniques in animation like stop motion or digital 3D animation, I stick with drawing, so I still draw every frame, and then animate those. And so, do you, do you prefer traditional mediums for your films? Because I've yeah. you've seen you've done some digital and some traditional. So what's what's your favorite? 
So currently, I think I feel more inspired to work with more traditional material like paper and pen because that's what I do all the time and I always sketch anyway. Yeah. So it's not like a big jump when I start animating, it doesn't feel different if I use the same medium. But uh, nowadays I've been animating on my computer using Photoshop on my tablet because it's, it's a faster process and I don't have to shoot every frame like I have to if I draw everything. So my favorite would be, I guess, something in the middle. I can combine two methods right. and they like they look like a fusion between traditional and more digital. I mean it definitely looks that way in the end product. It's like it's um, a lot of mediums coming together yeah. in a piece of whole. So one question we ask a lot in these interviews, because you mentioned that you said you've always been a doodler. Uh, did you ever draw with anybody growing up like when you were a child? Did anybody in your family draw with you or siblings or anything? to do from a young age? Um, I wouldn't say anyone else in my family has the strong attachment to drawing that I always had. But I think just, I think I always use drawing as a method of making myself different from everyone. Like it was just my hobby and like what I do. Like I just, uh, I made it mine. So I didn't draw with everyone, but I, I think it really helped me feel different and like <laughs> feel special and I think also I do have a brother I think when he was like first born and I was two years old I was like very jealous so I think having like having drawing as a way of distraction from that jealousy and like that <laughs> power struggle really helped me it's like your outlet yeah it was your special thing yeah my special thing yeah <laughs> yeah um, so your other film that we're going to be featuring eventually is called Stretch yes um, that one seems a lot similar to some of your other works in particular. Mm -hmm. um, and I've noticed that you use the human body, like this specific kind of body. It's like this pear-shaped woman with smaller yeah. breasts. Yeah. Um, is there a particular reason for that? Like, what do bodies mean to you as a subject matter? It's just they are, those bodies are very, they're like a quest for me too because they happen on my sketchbooks unconsciously. Like, I don't sit down and draw them, but they just like come out from my hand, <laughs> from my pen. So I'm like still investigating why they appear in the way, in the distorted ways they are. Because they are always somewhat distorted. Right. And they always have this like, their posture always tells something about them, but not their face. Sometimes they don't even have a face. Or even a head. Or even a head, yes. So I don't know what the answer is, like why they're happening in the way they're happening but they've been like happening so I'm just using my sketches as an inspiration to make animation which is something I did not do at Chirps so for me Chirps was like the sketchbook happening in real life whereas Tickle and Stretch are more sketch oriented so they're like more secondary step because like you had this quote in Tickle that was uh, here words frame meaning, bodies frame us. Yeah. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I just, I've been reading poetry a lot and I recently got interested, like very interested in my last year. Actually, when I was making chirps, um, I was having a lot of trouble with 
narrative animation because I just could not do narration. Like when people think of animation, they think of very linear and very simple narration. And I, that just didn't come to me. It's just like a simple storyboard. Yeah, like a storyboard oriented animation. And I asked my teacher, like I remember going into this crisis and being like, what if I'm not a good animator? <laughs> and I asked my teacher about how to get a better, how to become a better narrator, become a better storyteller. And she told me like there are different ways of storytelling. And she, um, she recommended this book to me by a poet about how to write a poem. And in that poem, he, I didn't read the whole book, but the first section, he described writing a poem as a way of like catching a fish. Like you catch something alive, <laughs> and then it's just like <laughs> trying to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like so. I, I think, I mean, I have always been interested in poetry, but I'm because I'm Turkish. I was more interested in Turkish poetry, right. but coming here, I got interested in poetry, English, American poetry too. But I never wrote poems, so. Starting with chirps, I started adding poems to my adding poems to my sketchbooks, like writing lines down, and adding poems to my animations. And I think for the sentence words frame meaning bodies frame us, I think I was trying to make a commentary on like the theories of poetry and how words are like these vessels for meaning. And meaning is nothing but words. Right. So like a lot of parts um, and all Stevens. Like I, I took these two poetry classes and I read all these poetry articles on poetry, which I um, at that point felt much more attraction to than reading contemporary art articles, which I was reading two for classes. <laughs> so I think for that I was like trying to make a commentary on how I'm using the bodies as a form of metaphors yeah. because they're like transforming and they're changing and that's how words are too. Yeah, and, and poetry themselves with their, their, their movement. Yeah. Even if it's unconventional or not, it's, it, it's, it's conveying like a new idea. Yes. Feeling. Yeah. It's very like tactile, your yeah. animation. Yeah. Like you want to go and touch yeah. everything that's their touch. But another thing that, I, I, that stood out to me about your films was the use of sound. Uh, I wondered how that factored into your filmmaking process or was it afterthought? Or? I think I have a very specific taste in sound. Even though before filmmaking, I would never say that I'm a sound person. Like I would, I never played an instrument in my life. I don't necessarily have a good, you know, sense of music or like. I mean, I have, I can have a good taste, but <laughs> but I, I would like never confidently say that I'm a. Like sound is a way of expression for me. But every like, ever since I started editing sound on Premiere and like when I was making the film, I just feel like I have very specific expectations from sound. It's like very abstract form, but I always expect like a certain, like I know when I'm editing, I know what kind of sound that place needs. 
which is so much fun. <laughs> like, yeah, like it yeah. really does feel like the sound blends so beautifully with the, the movement that it felt like I was watching like, what came first, like did you have this, this track or this It's always the visuals first and sound is always the last thing. Yeah. I yeah, it's I worked with a with work with sound makers like for Tickle. Um, I worked with this person who invented this machine. He like he was doing his PhD in the MIT Media Lab, and I found out about, about this machine that he invented, and I was like, I love these sounds. Can I use them? <laughs> but I had him make sounds on separate tracks for me. So he made a very long track of different variety of sounds, and I edited them together. And for stretch, I asked for the same thing from the sound person that I found, which is a friend of a friend. Because generally, if a person is a sound artist and they do not make films or sounds for the films, their expectation from a video is much more like a music video. But I, like from an animator's point of view, I always expect syncing, like syncing everything. Everything needs to be on top of each other yeah. so that they like become alive. So I like I always use sound as a way of emphasizing the visuals. Yeah, definitely. That, that definitely comes across. Like it is very synced up. Even just like I remember one part in Chirp, it was just like a straight piece of ink. Yeah. It just kind of slowly moves in time with the music, and I'm like, that's so. Clever, like it just really captures your yeah. attention. Yeah, it's like I, I use very simple sounds too, which is like I found them. Most of them I found on freesound.org. So I have this like, I usually, I like think metaphorically in that too. So, like, how you write a poem, you come up with metaphors for sound too. Like, if it's a branch cracking, instead of branch sounds, sometimes I find sounds that are similar in texture but are not like branch cracking yeah. so they like they, that gives another dimension of metaphors and like creates this level of surreal fantasy yeah so um, would you say your films have an air of um, perhaps like feminist voice mm. with the use of women and their bodies yeah I think so definitely I mean I I wouldn't say my films are only about feminism, right? But I would definitely say that I'm trying to investigate like alternative forms of beauty. I feel like woman, the beauty of woman is like very one-ended and it's very stereotypical, and I think it's very hurtful yeah. to a lot of women, including myself. So I'm trying to make these like I'm trying to find parts in our bodies, or in my body, that are that. A lot of people don't necessarily think are beautiful, like pubic hair or like yeah. armpit hair or you know, just uh, not like a perfect body. And I'm trying to make that more real, like so that people watch it and like get used to it and like feel empathy towards it. It feels more natural. Yeah, more natural, more intimate. Lumpy. More lumpy. <laughs> <Very lumpy. laughs> you use that word on your came up with it and I was like I'll use this forever <laughs> because it just sums up but they're like they're lumps more than people yeah. <laughs> um, let's see 
so like do you have any like far-reaching goals with your filmmaking or are you just trying to like make as much as you can and like express yourself like as it comes to you I am I do have goals I I want to make more films I want to be independent just making films because it's a big goal
not want to make because I just thought it's not interesting enough. But I like how you you merge more directly the poetry of the body with yeah. the sign language. Yeah. Like, Sign language still intrigues me. I think it's it's very cool. It's a very cool way of communicating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you are from Turkey originally. Yes. How long have you been here in the United States? This is my fifth year. So I came from college, uh, and I just finished school. I was taking another year. I hope to go back. Do you, do you see your, um, your cultural heritage as something entering into your art directly, or do you think it's just sort of implicit because it's part of the art, so it just sort of comes out? Yeah, that's like an interesting question. I actually struggled with this in my school because I feel like in the contemporary art world, if you're not from a Western country, then I feel like the art, like everyone expects from you to make art about your culture. Right. So they like see you as a cultural representative, which I struggled because I have these, because for me making art has never been like a process of, okay, I'm going to make art now. What can I make art about? <laughs> right. And then I make art. I just like make these sketches. Yeah. And, and lumpy people come to you. <laughs> lumpy people coming to my and and I am certain that I am like 100% product of my culture, so my art should be too. But I don't think culture can be something as easily put as yeah. you know. It's just you don't like see the you don't like you are Turkish, but you don't see you don't feel the need to say you're Turkish with every single piece of art. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I hope one day they do become. Like signature elements of the Turkish contemporary art. Like I hope when people think of Turkish contemporary art, they think of my stuff. <laughs> but I, that is not to say I, because a lot of like faculty members in my school, they like they would like slightly push me to make art about my quote unquote culture, which is the rugs or the you know what they know of Turkey. <laughs> The Orientalism, so, so I think that's like very problematic. Like very, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's actually, they are like, they are projecting their idea of my culture to me, mm-hmm. and they expect that from me, which I don't think my, like, when I think of Turkey, I don't think of what they think of Turkey. Exactly. I think of, like, my life, my family, my house, which are not necessarily traditionally Turkish. So I have a very different... Yeah, I'm like I'm glad they did that in school, so now I can answer this question completely. <laughs> like five years, but it was like hard <laughs> because that's that's what they expect from you yeah. as a. And you're just a young artist trying to figure out what your voice is. Yeah. And you want to create yeah. Tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's really. I think it's really important to keep it true to yourself and not follow every direction. <laughs> yeah. Make the most interesting kind of stuff. Well, that's about most of what I wanted to ask you. Is there anything um, else you want to say or else you want to mention? Um, 
Consider making a donation to our PayPal, becoming our patron on Patreon where we offer perks, or just buying us a coffee. Every little bit helps. Please visit our website at animationnights.com. If you live in the greater New York City area, you can join us on the second Wednesday of every month at 180 Maiden Lane, located within the Seaport District of Manhattan, for our monthly screenings. We show animated short films and showcase virtual reality animation experiences from all around the world. Admission is free. Please keep supporting independent animation and thank you so much for listening.